0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, give us a call. The number is 208-991-4783. And uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash detectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the uh, financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support. And now it's time for us to get into today's episode of The Fat Man. This one's called Window for Murder, and this actually occurs more than a year after the last episode we played. This one's from October the 3rd of 1947, and the show now has a sponsor, so enjoy. There he goes, into that drugstore. He's
2: stepping on the scale. Weight, 237 pounds. Fortune, danger. (laughs)
3: Who is it? The fat man.
4: Norwich Pharmacal Company, makers of Pepto-Bismol, Unguentine, and other fine drug products, brings you the adventures of Dashiell Hammett's fascinating and exciting character, The Fat Man, a fast-moving criminologist who tips the scales at 237 pounds. Tonight's adventure, starring J. Scott Smart in A Window for Murder. And now, Pepto-Bismol brings you The Fat Man.
3: In a lot of ways, crime is like disease. It strikes when you least expect it, and it's no respecter of persons or classes. It spreads in contagious ways, gnawing and digging at the very backbone of society. Medical science has discovered through the years, miracle drugs and vaccines that have completely knocked out many of our most dangerous maladies. But the only inoculation against a confirmed criminal is a strong fist and a fast trigger. Especially when you're up against a murderer. How are your eating
4: habits? If you eat too much or too fast, you know how your stomach turns queasy, uneasy, and upset. If that happens, and if you've been overdosing yourself with scissors or physics, it's time you tried Pepto-Bismol. Pepto-Bismol is a very different formula, and it works in a very different way. It doesn't add to the upset. Instead, it quiets and calms it, for Pepto-Bismol is wonderfully soothing and gentle. It's pleasant tasting and a fast friend of the family when stomachs are sickish, sour, and upset. That's Pepto-Bismol, the gentle, soothing way to care for an upset stomach. Now, let's look into... A Window for Murder.
3: My phone rang that morning, and a woman's voice said she was Dr. Eugenia Phelps. Eugenia Phelps. Oh, yes, an old classmate of mine, a mousy, thin, quiet little girl with a razor-sharp brain and no boyfriend. Along with her teaching, she'd studied medicine, won her M.D., become a successful doctor. And she said she was in town now, taking a three-month refresher course. Having no other friends in the city, she decided to look me up and invited me to dinner. I found her newly settled in Harlequin Court, a three-room sublet in one of those ancient apartments built around a courtyard. There were lots of them down there in the village. Eugenia had changed considerably. The mouse's shyness had given way to a crisp, confident, professional air. The martinis were good, and the dinner was fair. The conversation naturally consisted mostly of, uh, do you remember the time when, and by 10 p.m., I was beginning to stifle yawns and glance furtively at my wristwatch. Bored, Brad? Uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I was up late last night, though, and I've got a busy day tomorrow,
5: You've got time for one more drink, haven't you?
3: Well, it's getting late. I, I don't know whether I... Oh, of course
5: you can. One more, for old times' sake. Oh, do you mind making them bread?
3: No, no, not at all. Here, give me a glass. Here
5: you are.
3: Uh, in the kitchen back here?
5: Yes, straight down the hall. Uh, the bottle's on the kitchen table, and you'll find ice cubes in the icebox.
3: Okay. Oh, by the way, Eugenia, you haven't told me how you like the big city so far.
5: <laughs> it's all right, I suppose, but I think I prefer my own little town. <laughs> I can see why a man like you would like the city, though.
3: What do you mean?
5: Like the beautiful girl who's brushing her hair in the apartment across the courtyard out here. She's gorgeous, Brad. You better hurry with those drinks. You're missing something.
3: Yeah, just tell her to stay put. I'll be right in.
5: Oh, I've never seen such lovely long red hair. Oh,
3: a redhead? Huh? Uh-huh. Why don't you tell me about her sooner? Well,
5: I hadn't seen her before. She must have just come in. Oh, she really it's
3: Brad! Brad, quick! What's wrong? That girl... Girl. What is it, Eugenia? What's the matter? You're shaking like a leaf. Over there in the apartment across the way. Oh, I can't see anything. The lights are out.
5: I know, but that girl I was talking about, the one with the long red hair. What about her? Somebody just opened the door, stabbed her in the back, and turned off the lights.
3: Uh, you sure it was the apartment directly across from yours?
5: Yes, positive. Her window was not on a direct line with mine.
3: There. There's a door over there, across the courtyard. That must lead into the girl's side of the house. Yes. You didn't see anything with the hand holding the knife? No. Whoever was
5: holding that knife was hidden by the door.
3: Could you tell whether it was a man or a woman? No. Hmm. Well, there's nobody here in the hall. Whoever did it must have moved fast to get out through the courtyard before we got down here.
5: Well, maybe they're still upstairs. Well,
3: yeah, it could be. Come on. Uh, Your apartment is up two flights, isn't it?
5: But, but yes.
3: Okay. The girl's apartment must be right at the head of this second flight. That's where your apartment is, on the other side. Come on. Uh, but, uh, Brad, I... Are you afraid?
5: No. No, I'm all right. I- I'll feel much safer with you.
3: Okay. Yeah. This must be the apartment here.
5: Yeah. must be in there alone, Brad.
3: Yeah, I'll see if this door... Somebody's coming to the door. Stand back.
5: Who are you? What do you want?
3: A girl was just stabbed in this apartment. Where is she?
5: A girl stabbed? No, no. There's no girl here. There's nobody here but me. Go away. Go away. Just a minute.
3: You're
5: trying to pick me. You're to rob me, but I won't let you. i tell you Who why,
3: are you, and what are you doing in this apartment?
5: I'm Enid Judson, of course, and I live in this apartment. I've lived here for years. Wait, Brad.
3: There must be some mistake, but oh, I'm sure it's
5: of you. you. That... There, now, she can tell you I live here. Tell him.
3: You know her, Eugenia? No,
5: but I've seen her several times, coming in and out. She might live here. Of course I live here. And now, just a foot out of my door, I'll call the police.
3: If there's going to be any police calling, I'll do it. Now, I'm sorry, Miss Judson, but we're coming in. Look
5: how bad she's got a knife.
2: I warned you. To. I told you to stay out.
3: No, no, now, you're a little old to start playing with knives, Miss Judson. Oh,
2: my arm. Don't twist my arm.
3: I'm sorry, but I'll just have to hold on to this knife.
5: Now, look, Brad. There's nobody in here.
3: Yeah, so I see. Okay, Miss Judson, start talking. What happened in here a minute ago, and what happened to the red-headed girl? I don't
5: know what you're talking about. There wasn't any girl here. She's
3: crazy, Brad.
5: Must have been she who stabbed the girl. Crazy am I, because I guard what's mine. I'm crazy.
3: She couldn't have gotten rid of the body in the time it took us to get over here. Where was the girl sitting, Eugenia? She was
5: sitting over there at the dressing room table, and, and one by the closet. Brad, that door... That closet door must have been the one I saw open, the one with the hand came out of.
3: Yeah. I'll have a look inside that closet. No,
5: no, don't go in there. Stop. I tell you, stop. Let go of me. Let go of me. Yes! Yes! Is the girl in there, Brad?
3: No, she isn't in here. There isn't anything in there at all. Except a ball of string as big around as a wagon wheel. Oh.
5: Don't understand it, Brad. I saw that girl brushing her hair, and and then I saw the hand come out of the door holding the knife. I saw it plunge into the girl's back.
3: You better go on up to your apartment and get a good night's sleep, Virginia. But,
5: Brad, I tell you, I saw that girl.
3: Maybe it was some sort of hallucination. You've been working very hard lately. You said so yourself. People with overstrained nerves sometimes imagine things. I'm a doctor,
5: Brad. I know about those things. But believe me, this wasn't an hallucination. I saw that girl in the apartment opposite mine, and I saw her stabbed in the back.
3: But you saw for yourself there wasn't anybody there. The body couldn't have been hidden in the time it took us to cross the courtyard.
5: I know. I, I just can't understand it. That Miss Judson is crazy, Brad. It, it must have been she whose hand I saw.
3: Well, I'll grant you she acts like a nut, and she had a knife. She might be a killer, too, but as far as I can see, there isn't any proof of it.
5: I simply don't understand it. Shouldn't we call the police and, and tell them what I saw? Well,
3: they'd only laugh at you, Eugenia.
5: You're laughing at me, too, aren't you? You do think I only imagined.
3: I think you've been working too hard, and I think you need a good night's sleep.
5: Brad, you will believe me, when the body of that girl I saw murdered tonight is found.
3: I left Eugenia standing there outside the archway of Harlequin Court. A strained, sad expression on her tired, thin face. There was something pitiful about her, and I couldn't help feeling sorry for her. And I had a tough time getting to sleep that night. However, by the next morning, I'd forgotten all about Dr. Eugenia Felt, Miss Judson, and the night before. At a quarter after ten, the door of my office opened, and a tall, well-dressed woman in her early thirties came in. She wasn't exactly beautiful, and she didn't seem unduly nervous or upset. She walked slowly toward my desk. Mr. Runyon? Yes?
0: I'm Mrs. Ronald Woodruff, and I'd like to hire you.
3: Oh, what's it all about, Mrs. Woodruff?
0: First, I must tell you that my home is not in this city. I came here three days ago, and I'm staying at the Southern Hotel.
3: Mm-hmm. What's the job?
0: It has to do with my husband, Mr. Runyon.
3: Here we go again. What? Uh, skip it, Mrs. Woodruff. Uh, what about your husband?
0: Well, some time ago, six months to be exact, he became involved with a beautiful young woman who happened to be working in the town we live in. Well, eventually, I discovered his infatuation and confronted them both. I love my husband, and I have no intention of letting him make a fool of himself.
3: Naturally. What happened?
0: Well, I won't go into details. The result was that my husband promised not to see this girl again. She, in turn, left our town soon afterwards.
3: But that didn't fix it? Well, it
0: seemed to for some months, but several weeks ago, I discovered that they had been corresponding. Once again, I confronted my husband, and once again, he promised to forget the girl. However, a week ago, he suddenly left home and disappeared.
3: And you think he's come here to join the gang?
0: I'm positive of it. But so far I've been unable to find him or prove it. I've seen the woman and talked with her. Well, naturally, she denied that my husband has seen her. She says she's through with him and never wants to see him again.
3: Oh, you know where this babe lives then? Yes,
0: I, I found her address on the letter I discovered.
3: Oh, uh, sure.
0: I want you to watch this woman's apartment house for me. When my husband comes to see her, I want you to find out where he's staying.
3: Okay. How do I recognize him?
0: Oh, here's a picture of him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a good likeness. I'm sure you can identify him when he comes to see the girl. Here's $100 for expenses. I'll give you 500 more if you'll find him. Will you take the job?
3: Yeah. Uh, what's this woman's name? What does she look like? Where does she live?
0: Her name is Lenore Longstreet. She lives in a Greenwich Village apartment called Harlequin Court. And she had gorgeous long red hair.
4: The fat man isn't the only one who's got troubles. Here's a poor chap who could be anyone you know, including you Francis
5: So what are you doing stretched out on the couch? You'd better get ready if you're going to that meeting.
4: I'll have to miss it tonight. Too much supper. My stomach's got me down.
5: Well, don't blame supper. You stuffed yourself like a glutton. I'm not
4: just stuffed. I feel awful. I can imagine.
5: You've got a good old-fashioned upset stomach. And I've got just the thing for it. Tepto-bismol.
4: Oh, I don't want to take anything. I can't afford to stay home tomorrow. You
5: won't have to. Tepto-bismol's not like that. It won't add to your upset, but will help to soothe and calm it very quickly.
4: Oh, nothing could be that good. No,
5: just try it. Here, take a good swallow of Pepto-Bismol, and you'll begin to feel better in no time. Why, you might even get to that meeting tonight after all.
4: Pepto-Bismol is a gentler, better way to help an upset stomach. In fact, it's better in many ways. Pepto-Bismol helps bring relief almost from the first moment. It begins to calm and quiet the upset right away. Then, because the Pepto-Bismol formula is gentle and soothing, it doesn't interfere with normal digestion and doesn't add to the upset. Yes, Pepto Bismol is a dependable, speedy, pleasant tasting way to care for common stomach disturbances. Remember this. When your stomach's upset, don't add to the upset. Take Pepto Bismol to soothe it, calm it, and feel good again. And now, let's catch up with the fat
3: man. A lot of girls have red hair, but not many of them wear it long. There are a lot of courtyard apartments in Greenwich Village, but there's only one called Harlequin Court. A coincidence? Well, maybe. On the way downtown in a cab, I tried to reconstruct what had happened last night after my dinner with Eugenia Phelps. By the time I had it fairly clear in my mind, the cab stopped in front of the apartment house. I paid off the driver and walked through an archway into the courtyard. A row of mailboxes with placed above them was neatly arranged on each side of the yard. I stopped and looked at the names on the left side. Dr. Eugenia Phelps was listed there in apartment 2B East. I quickly crossed the archway and looked at the other row of boxes. The first name I saw was Miss Lenore Longstreet. Her apartment was listed as 1B West. Sharp feminine heels clicked along the walk inside the court. I turned and was looking at the startled face of Eugenia Phelps. Why, Brad. Good morning, Eugenia.
5: (sighs) What on earth are you doing here? You should have called me. I'm just on my way to class.
3: Well, I didn't come to see you, Eugenia, but I'm glad I ran into you. I've got a hunch you're going to miss your class this morning.
5: Miss my class? Why?
3: Somebody hired me a little while ago to keep an eye on a girl who lives here. A girl named Lenore Longstreet. She has beautiful, long, red hair.
5: You mean that girl? The
3: one I saw last night? Yeah. I think I owe you an apology. I'm afraid you weren't having hallucinations after all. But I don't
5: understand. Well,
3: I think I do now. Come on back here in the courtyard a minute. What is it, Brad? Uh Uh-huh. Just as I thought. What a sap. I don't know how I could have missed it last night. Missed what? Look over here at the door on the right. Then look on the one on your side. You notice anything different? What? The steps, sweetheart, the steps. Hmm? When you go in the door on your side, you go down about five steps and then start up again to the upper apartment. But on the other side, you do just the opposite. You go up five or six steps and then start up the regular stairs to the upper apartment. But I still don't see, what. It's simple, so simple I missed it last night. The apartment opposite yours is up only one real flight in this building here on the right, while yours is up two flights.
5: Oh, then... then... We went to the wrong apartment.
3: Sure, that crazy old woman with a ball of string lives in the apartment above the one where you saw the girl dad.
5: But I don't see how we could have made such a mistake, Brad.
3: It's the most natural thing in the world. Your apartment is up two flights, so anybody would naturally think that the one opposite would be up two flights, too.
5: Then the girl with red hair, the one I saw... She may be lying in there,
3: dead. Well, that's what we're going to find out now. that's the apartment over there. Look, Brad, the
5: door's slightly open.
3: Yeah. Whoever wielded that knife last night was really in a hurry. Is the girl there, Brad? Yeah, she's here, all right. Lying right where you said she ought to be, over by the dressing table. The knife's still in her back. Oh, Brad. You better not come in. You're
2: wrong. I think she had better come in. Hey, what? get inside, both of you. Quickly! Now, put your hands over your heads, both of you. This gun is loaded, and I'm not afraid to use it.
3: Uh, Ronald Woodruff, isn't it? What? How did you know my name? I've got your picture here in my pocket. You
2: like to see it? You keep your hands where they are. My wife, eh?
3: You're so right.
2: So she followed me. She hired you to snoop on me.
3: Maybe she hired me to keep you from doing just what you did. What do you mean? The dead gal over there on the floor. You're wrong. I didn't kill Lenore.
2: She was dead when I got here a few minutes ago. She's been dead for quite a while. You can see that for yourself. And I didn't kill her, I tell you.
3: Put that gun away and stop acting like a sap, Woodward. Not a
2: chance. You won't get away. The
3: police will pick you up in no time. I'm not
2: worried about the police. I'll turn myself in when I've finished what I've got to do. What do you mean? I didn't kill Lenore, but I know now who did. And I'm going to take care of it in my own way. Then he locked you two here in the dead girl's apartment and beat it, huh?
3: That's right, Mackenzie. By the time I got the door open, he disappeared. So I called you at headquarters.
2: And, uh, you, Dr. Phelps. You say you actually saw this murder happen last night? Yes. But I didn't see anything but the hand holding the knife. The murderer was hidden behind this
5: door. I saw the hand plunge the knife into the dead girl's back. Uh
2: huh.
3: I still don't see why you didn't report it right away. Oh, don't be a sap, Mackenzie. I've already told you that we made a mistake in the apartments. The apartment that's two flights up in this building is one floor above the apartment, that two flights up in the other building. We were in a hurry, and it was a perfectly natural mistake to make. When we didn't find a body, I thought that Eugenia here had been imagining things. It wasn't until I came back here this morning that I realized what had happened. I see. Now, this old lady in the apartment above here, you say she's nuts. Well, she certainly acts like it, She's an eccentric, to say the least. She's a string saver and guards it with a knife. Oh, a knife, eh?
5: She threatened us last night and we tried to get into her apartment. Brad had to take the knife away from oh, her.
3: Well, yeah. maybe she's the one we want. Come on, we'll go up and talk to her. Now, don't be too sure about this crazy day, Mackenzie. Woodruff's wife told me that the dead girl had told her she was through with Woodruff. It gives Woodruff a swell motive. And if she wasn't telling the truth, it gives Woodruff's wife a swell motive. You're not kidding about that. Well, we'll pick them both up.
5: This is the old woman's apartment,
2: right here at the head of the stairs. Open the door, Miss Judson.
3: Looks like she's gone out. I doubt it. She told us last night that she doesn't leave the apartment very often.
2: Okay, we'll open it up.
3: Oh, it's not locked. Miss Judson! Well, I guess she's not... Look.
5: They're on the floor behind the bed.
3: Yeah, it's Miss Judson. Somebody put a knife in her back. Step on it, McKenzie I hope
2: you're right, Brad but where are we going, Brad? To
3: the Felton Hotel That's where Mrs. Woodruff is registered You think she's a killer, huh? I don't know But I think her life is in danger Her husband? Yeah
5: Why do you suppose old Miss Judson was killed?
3: Because she knew who the murderer was Room 715, here it is, right here. Who's there? It's Brad Runyon, Mrs. Woodruff.
0: You have something to report, Mr. Runyon? Never
3: mind that, you're okay?
0: Why, of course. Who are these, these people? What's wrong? This
3: is Dr. Eugenia Phelps and Lieutenant McKenzie of the police.
0: The police? Why, I, I don't understand.
3: Lenore Longstreet was murdered last night.
0: Oh, did my husband do it?
3: We thought
2: maybe you could tell us something about it. But surely you don't think that I... Your husband was in love with her. That
3: gives you a swell motive. You haven't heard anything from your husband?
0: Why, no, why should I? He doesn't even know I followed him to the city.
3: Yes, he does, and I think he's checking hotels right now, trying to find you. But why? To kill you.
0: Oh, then he did kill that girl.
3: He thinks you did. Wait a minute. Now do as I tell you. All
5: right.
3: Quick, Mackenzie, you and Eugenia get out of the line of the door. Okay. Tell him to come in. Come in? Ronald. Yes.
2: Yes, it's me. Surprise.
0: Ronald, what's wrong?
2: Why are you looking at me that way? She's dead. She's dead, you understand? And you killed her. And now I'm going to... No, no, Ronald, no. Put down that gun. You killed her and now I'm going to... Nice shooting, Brad. Sorry, Woodruff, but I had to stop you from being a murderer. You ought to thank me for that shot. Well, I don't. I came here to kill my wife because she
3: killed Lenore. You're wrong, Woodruff. Your wife hasn't killed anybody. Has she, Eugenia?
5: What? What are you talking about, Brad?
3: I'm talking about two murders. Two murders that you committed.
2: You don't know what you're saying. Way out of your head, Brad.
3: You said yourself she
2: saw the murder across the court. Well, you were there with her?
3: Yes, I was there with her, all right. But she asked me to go out to the kitchen and mix a drink. Then Eugenia called me and told me she'd seen the stabbing. The lights were off when I got to the window. You mean that... I mean, she killed Lenore before I ever got to the apartment last night. I was to be her perfect alibi. She had it all planned to pretend to see the killing. But why, Brian? I don't know that yet.
5: No. No, it's not true. It's not true.
3: I should have tumbled of the truth last night when I talked to the old woman, but I didn't. It wasn't until just a second ago that it clicked that I remembered what she said last night. What? She recognized Eugenia when we knocked on her door. Oh, what's that got to do with it? Plenty. Eugenia made the same mistake about the stairs that I did when she went over to kill Lenore before I arrived last night. Knowing Lenore's apartment was directly across from hers on the same level, without thinking, she went up two flights of stairs and knocked on Miss Judson's door by mistake. That's when the old lady saw her. It was a tough break, wasn't it, Eugenia? was well, that a tough break, Brad? Well, Eugenia knew that when the body downstairs was discovered, the police would question the old woman. She would remember that Eugenia had knocked on the wrong door, thinking it was the apartment downstairs. So Eugenia figured she had to kill her, too. Right, Eugenia?
5: Yes. Yes, I killed her. I killed them both. But Lenore deserved to die. She ruined my life, wrecked my career. How? Oh. She was a nurse for a short time in the hospital at home. One day I was operating and she made a mistake, a bad mistake. It cost the patient's life. It wasn't my fault, but Lenore made it appear that it was. I was dropped from the hospital staff. My reputation, my future, completely ruined. You
3: could have gone some other place.
5: Oh, no, Brad. It takes a woman too long to establish herself in the medical profession. So I determined to kill her. She became frightened and ran away. I followed her to the city and searched for her. When I found where she was living, I managed to get the apartment across from hers. Well, you you know the rest.
3: I'm sorry, Eugenia, but nothing justifies murder. I know.
5: I know. Nothing matters anymore, anyway.
2: But, Brad, if Eugenia had already made that mistake about the two flights of stairs... Why didn't she stop you when you started up the second flight?
3: Oh, well, I think she did start to, but realized that if she did, I'd know then that she'd been there before. After all, she figured her alibi was already set. Once it was established that she'd seen the murder while I was in her apartment. Now be done. Clever scheme, all right. I want to thank you, Runyon, for stopping me a minute ago when I think what I might have done. Skip it, Woodruff. And take a tip from me. You got a swell wife here, and she loves you. Go on home with her, and forget you ever knew a red-headed nurse. <laughs>
4: Fat Man returns in a moment. Have you a bottle of Pepto-Bismol in the house? Why wait until 4 a.m. some morning when your stomach's upset and it's too late to get up and go to the drugstore for it? With Pepto-Bismol safely in your medicine cabinet, you're ready in case any member of your family suffers from acid indigestion, nervous stomach, or just plain stomachache. You can take Pepto-Bismol at any hour of the night or day. Pepto-Bismol doesn't interfere with normal digestion yet helps to soothe and quiet the upset promptly. Your druggist sells Pepto-Bismol in several economical sizes, and of course has that other famous product of the Norwich Pharmacal Company, Unguentine, the first thought in burns. Next week, Pepto-Bismol presents Dashiell Hammett's exciting character, the fat man, in an adventure called Murder Goes Sightseeing. And, as the fat man says,
3: Did you ever go on a sightseeing tour? Lots of fun, isn't it? All kinds of people, all kinds of sights. Some amusing, some colorful. And some of the sights with great historical interest. It's a real adventure. But it's a gruesome adventure when murder goes sightseeing.
4: The adventure of The Fat Man, starring J. Scott Smart, was directed by Clark Andrews. Music is under the direction of Mark Winston. Heard tonight were Alice Frost as Eugenia and Sarah Burton as Mrs. Woodruff. Remember, when your stomach's feeling dismal, take soothing Pepto-Bismol. Charles Irving speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
1: Welcome back. Well, I guess Pepto-Bismol decided to opt to, um, uh, I guess, uh, uh, to sponsor to type here uh, with Pepto-Bismol as the sponsor. Mentioning in the ad, Eating Too Much. As always, a solid story with the fat man, uh, showing he may be hard boy, but with a good heart towards the end. It's always a little confusing when they do the episodes with the uh, physical clues, because it really does tax the, uh, or visual clues, because it really does tax the imagination. But I guess that'll do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Let George Do It. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and call us two zero eight nine nine one four seven eight three. 208-991-4783. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.